Love a rugby league same game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favorite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. Bandy here, back for our Supercoach episode of the week for TLT Round 17. Coming off the big buy round of Round 16, we've only got one big buy round left, plus a couple of mini big buy rounds, including this week where we've got three teams off. So it's a super hard Supercoach week. And even though it's not a big buy round, the mini big buy plus Origin is going to throw a lot of spanners in the works for a lot of teams at the moment. So a lot of teams are struggling. We need to get out a really good podcast to try and help everyone out, give them some information. This week, we've got Perso on board. Perso, welcome back, mate. Back-to-back weeks for you, which is good. You get to talk about the buy round and then the, the post-buy round as well for Supercoach. Yeah, it's a good time of the season for Supercoach, isn't it? Good time to be alive, actually, watching the uh, the Aussies get up over the Poms last night and State of Origin tonight. She's a good old week of sport. Yeah, everything's happening, isn't it? And we got Origin tonight, which is, like you said, fantastic. And it's also going to throw up some interesting questions mm. once the weekend comes for Supercoach. Uh, I know a lot of coaches are struggling this week. So we're going to do a big Supercoach episode where we're going to look at a little bit about the round that just was, but not too much. We're going to have a brief strategy chat here about selling your players, your run home, and your type of strategy to build your team from here on out for the final third of the season. Market watch for round 17, really, really important. Uh, and then a round 17 preview, machine gun style, rapid for each game, looking at main changes, decisions, and CVC options. We are going to have a Talking Footy podcast this week. Again, It's it's been a little bit hiatus the last couple of weeks just because of some sickness and trying to get some guests to coordinate and stuff. Jamie Soward will be on in the next week to talk NRLW and Dragons, which will be interesting. Uh, and we've got some other key guys coming on in the next few weeks as well, which would be great too. But you would have heard the great promo for Picklebet at the start. Picklebet.com, jump on there. They're a fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast, and they've got great specials too. Uh, some We've normally got an All-Star special each week, but I'm not doing an All-Star special this week for a same-game multi because I'm just going to talk about what they've got going on as an origin special. Their origin special at the moment is absolutely phenomenal this week. You can get paid as first try scorer better for your player scoring first or second, and they'll still pay you out as a winner even if they score second. Max bet ten bucks, uh, but you know ten bucks on those fifteen to one odds that they've got on there, and some of these guys like a James Tedesco at fifteen dollars. He doesn't score first; he scores second. They'll still pay you out one hundred and fifty bucks for your ten dollars stake. So that's a great promo for Pickle Bet for Origin tonight. Jump on there. Hopefully you listen to the podcast early enough so you can get on. But if you want to look at Picklebet, make sure that you sign up 
using the referral affiliate code ALLSTARS, all one word, put in ALLSTARS, and they'll know that you're one of our listeners and take great care of you. But picklebet.com have fantastic odds. A lot of the time, heaps better than some of the rest of the market. So make sure you do your odds shopping if you do like a pun on your sports. They've got great racing. They've got great e-gaming as well, which they're one of the best at. But the biggest thing is the last few weeks, they've added the same game multis that rival the big boys like Sportsbet and so forth with all the different options that you can have to build same game multis on Picklebet. Now, jump on picklebet.com. Always think, though, is this a bet that you really want to place for free and confidential support? You can call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Round 16, Perso. The good, the bad, the ugly. Time for the Clint Eastwood. Why don't you kick us off, mate? How did you go? What was the good? It wasn't too bad. I got a 9.95. I was five short of a 1,000. Um, jumped up another 2,000 spots to finally sneak into the top 10,000. It's been a bit of a grind working way back up the ladder after a poor start. But um, VC Guffo, that was that would be the good. Uh, obviously, Hines, 129, brought him in for Moses as well. That was the good. Um, Gutho is just absolutely on fire at the moment. Yeah, I've uh, I've got the same good, mate. My uh, I ended up coming in close to 1100, 1096, and I was pretty happy with that. One five, my, yeah, nice. One all five of my head to heads, which was nice. And it's a bit of a balancing act at the moment, as I've been talking about for a few weeks, because I needed to sort of have a better rank than what I did, but also needed to look towards the head to head stuff. So managed to balance that pretty well. Uh, I'm around the 8k mark. Bit disappointing though because I tell you what, I actually beat my the week before I had an absolute shocker, which I spoke about on the podcast. It's my worst score in a, in a while. I had a month long hot streak where I was just killing it, and then the week before the big buy, I actually scored ten ninety five, and I scored ten ninety six with thirteen players in the big <laughs> buy round. So it's always the way. Well, I dropped it? from like uh, five nine five thousand nine hundred or something in rank to about thirteen thousand. So the big buy round basically moved me back to sort of striking distance of where I was at before. I'm around about the 7 to 8K mark at the moment. It's the closest it's ever been, Barnsley. I, I think you could throw a blanket from about 2K to 20K. There's not much between it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, and that's, like I'm, I'm eyeing off being able to get in the top 1,000 with some aggressive moves the next few weeks again because you can move very quickly. Like I dropped very quickly last week. I like I doubled my rank last week if I drop it. I doubled back again in one round, even though it was a big buy round and, and got back near to where to where I was before. So that's what people need to remember. There's still a lot of opportunity at the moment. Especially if you've got a few trades up your sleeve, Barnes. There'll be a lot of moving to be done after round 20 when people start running out of trades because it's so tight. That'll be that crucial. It's going to be huge. We're going to talk a bit about that in the strategy chat. Uh, but my good was the same as yours. I actually brought in Clint Gutherson this week, and I absolutely love owning Gutho. It's just oh, so do I. <laughs> he does so much. He's always so involved, and it's just he got a good draw. I just love owning him. I really do. But most of the time, it's really difficult. But I found it. Uh, I ended up making a really key decision this week that was really hard for me as a Roosters fan. I traded Teddy, who I've been really happy with the last month. He's actually been doing really well for me. Traded him out for Gutherson, and I was really 50-50 on it. But I just I knew I had to have Gutherson in my team. And 264 is your vice-captain loop. I can't complain about it. I think Teddy will go really well this week against Canberra. But my other half, uh, my other, sorry, fullback was Drinkwater. And he's averaged 96 points over the last five weeks I've had him. And he scored a 95 for the weekend. Yeah. So there was no way I could trade him. So that was definitely my good. I was I was super pleased with that. But we do need to talk about the bad as well. You know, did you have anything real bad in your side? Oh, 
I'll leave one for the ugly, which ended up not being as ugly because it was that ugly. It dropped out of me 13. But um, the bad, I brought in Madison last week, uh, 43. I thought he might have gone a little bit better than that. And I suppose Buller. Like, it's not terrible, but we've mm-hmm. got to try and find something bad. Buller. I think with Buller, um, with Noah Corusau and Brooks in the side, the Tigers' attack was just dreadful last week. He's always, well, he's 43 in pretty much a space and base attack. He's going to get you that every week, but it just, they just could not get him into the game. Um, attack was so that was probably more bad. As a non buller owner, I was uh pretty happy about last week. <laughs> I gotta say, he's been making me sweat <laughs> each week, so it was nice to see. Uh, my bad was look, I'm gonna go Maddo as well. I brought in Maddo, and like he was one of my favorite buyers of the week, and it was strange watching it. I don't know how you felt, but you know, it was bad, but I didn't, I still don't hate the buy. I think long term, it's gonna be fine. But he ran the ball heaps. I think he had like 16 runs and he was so close to a few offloads and so close to a couple of clutch attack yeah. stats. And he was just he was just so close. Like it looked like he was going to get 70 pretty easily. Oh, that game he played, he could have, yeah, could have easily been that. That's just, just one of those things. And I'm, I'm not unhappy about bringing him in because I want him in my final side. So just wasn't to be. Yeah, and it's one of those things too where, you know, you, you're hoping for those moves to not be bad because he's under 10%. So it would have really helped move past a lot of teams with that pod choice. Like Drinkwater is yeah, like yeah. 3% owned and I've got the 95 out of him, which is exactly what I got him there for. Whereas Maddo... Like, another 95 out of Maddo, that would have really rocketed you up. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's a bit of a balance between the, the pod scores, but ugly, mate. I'll, I'll just kick off the ugly here because I'm just i absolutely filthy at my love child, Mike Acevo. <laughs> it is. Mike has come through for me so hard. He's he's averaged like seventy in the last seven rounds or whatever I've owned him for or something. He's he's been great. He's scored I think every week that I've owned him. And then this week I even had him on um, the the NRL um, All Star Special on Picklebet to score a try along with Dom Young uh, and also Joey Manu. I think it was. I can't remember. Um, no, it was the three wingers. Yeah, Ronaldo, Sebo, Dom Young. All of them scored except yep. for Sebo, and it's the only time yeah, he hasn't yeah, scored Yeah, I thought for that me. was a special. He, he got over the line twice, mate, twice. Oh, no. One of the ones that they pulled back for that um that obstruction from Simonson was yeah, awful. That was a poor decision. Well, that's cost him an extra 40 points because he had some tackle breaks in there too. Like, he would have ended up on 65. Instead, I cop a 27, and the 27 had a try assist. <laughs> the worst chip and chase you've ever seen for a try. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> and he would have been on 15. He did, if you asked me who wasn't going to count in my 13 that round, Sebo would not have come across my mind. You know, it would have been, oh, Billy Smith, Schuster. Well, you probably wouldn't have copied his score if he didn't put that chip through. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been outside your 13. Oh, he was outside my 13 anyway. But, I mean, uh, I was sort of counting on him on a sort of maybe a low-key 90-plus that game, especially with the points that they could put on. And he, he could have gone across for those two tries and he would have got there. Oh, yeah. And the score that they did rack up, and CC is not amongst it. I normally get on him for five yeah. tries this week, everyone. Uh, but so, <laughs> any ugly in your side? Real ugly? Yeah, uh, my ugly is Ruben Garrick with his 26. He did drop outside. Um, I've still got Matt Croker from the Knights lingering around, and Matt Croker scored more than him. So that says um, how bad Garrick's 26 was on the weekend. <laughs> so he was my ugly. Our times changed, doesn't it? Like a, a week after, like last week, he was mine because he scored the hundred and sixty nine. And this yeah. week, I'm just so happy that I sold him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, he was never going to set the house on fire. I'm pretty sure we touched on it last week in the podcast. 
I wasn't expecting a big score out of him, but I thought he might have got to 40. <laughs> with with DCA and Turbo out of the side, it was Parramatta were probably always favourites to win that win that comfortably. But a twenty six, he normally gets twenty six uh, in the first half without any attacking stats. So yeah, that was a bit ugly. Well, just a quick chat about the round as well. You know, it was a a lot of players came through that you sort of expected to, uh, but one the, the number one guy, bloody William Warbrick. Oh. One thirty-six points, four, four tries, five tries. How many did he score? He's just kept scoring. It's all, he's almost twenty percent ownership. Somebody made a good point that he's not that highly owned in the top ten thousand. There's a lot of sort of teams that are sort of given up at the back end of rankings and stuff. So it's not yeah. too bad, but it still stings. Well, I think pretty much most people have moved him on, but like most of the serious coaches have moved him on as a cash cow. But you held on to him. Yeah, yeah if you held on to him, you've done ex- extremely well, and it's a it's a good. Lesson in patience, which we particularly spoke about on the podcast maybe a month ago, five weeks ago, about you know, it, it not being necessarily good to get just get rid of these guys as quickly as you can. Like, obviously, we all do it and I do it too because there's no one else to trade in your side, so you've got to let go of them. But if you can hold on to some of these wingers that are cheapies and cows, even if they peak a bit, if they don't have a massive you know break even and they've got some buy cover coming up, it's always better just to wait because this just it happens every year to multiple players. You really have to look at the draw, don't you? Like if you still had, as you're saying, you still had Warwick in your side, you said, oh, he's got Tigers you know, on a buy round. You, you probably would have held on to him and copped a couple of pay, right, pay drops for a couple of rounds if you still had him. So if you still had him at like round 13 or something and you knew he was playing the Tigers in the buy round, you, you'd hang on to him and sort of cop 50k loss. He's been actually improving NRL and Supercoach wise through the season. I got rid of him when he peaked early and uh, hindsight, it would have been handy to probably just have him there. I've still got Alamotti, I've still got Taruba because they've slowly started getting better and their prices are still going up as well, but I probably would have been better off keeping um, Warbrick over an Alamotti type. Yeah, definitely the hindsight, isn't it? Um, and I mean, like the other guys that went really well, I think Gutherson's 132 we spoke about. And Nico Hines, 129, just the, I think I was not alone on an island being absolutely <laughs> shit scared of having a VC loop on Gutho's 132. I know, I was And Nico it. comes three points below him. It was perfect. Yeah, I, I would, uh, 132, I thought. If Gutho only got 105, I wouldn't have done it because I really had a feeling Hines was going to turn a number on. And... Um, at 132, I thought, no, I've just got to take that. But I was nervous because I thought Nick could have racked up 180. Geez, we got lucky with his scoring 129, didn't we? Because most of the Sharks tries, especially in the first half, were all through the middle. Everything. Yeah. It's just one of those games where middle forwards the whole round just popped up, left, right and centre, scoring meat pies. Twiley got his first try. Oh, <laughs> get him in, everybody. Everyone by Alex Twale is just a tribute for the round. That was just falling on the ball too. It wasn't like a... Yeah, I know. He didn't do much, did he? <laughs> uh, just fo- it just followed from there. Um, Hesse Makatawa got his first try and then the Sharks game, the three middle forward scored, didn't they? Well, the, the, um, the, that was his first try too, the big fella with the, the ball Hazleton, there. yeah. Hazleton, yeah. It would look like they were all going to go over in that pack for the Sharks the way it was going, which, you know, didn't look great for Nico, but then he still racks up the 129. And, I mean, Manu came through 117. We always thought that he was going to be that sort of score at fullback. And yet some of these other ones. Can I just say, though, Kalen Ponga, somehow, like I bought him a couple of weeks ago and I've been heaps happy the last couple of weeks owning him. But he's rocketed up to 25% ownership now, which I didn't expect. 
I yeah. sort of was happy about it. I didn't think that as many would drop on, jump on in that big buy round. He threw up a 95, and he's looked much better. Had two line breaks. He's running the ball really well. He's playing some good footy. He's much better at fullback. Don't ever put the six on his back again. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised at that ownership too, and I reckon that would be most of that ownership would be in the top 20K too. One of our hand grenade pods too, Isaac Tungo, that we talked about last week, 1% ownership, 91 points. He pulls a game out, didn't he? <laughs> there, there's been a couple of those ones. Um, even Gagai, I thought Gagai actually looked pretty bad. And he, he went up to 2% ownership, so very, very, like maybe 500 people. Yeah, what, he got 85 or something, didn't he? he, he just... Downdated to 80, but it's still an 80. And I've got to throw out the emu as well, Daniel Tupo. We said, you know, oh. if you got no money, you got no money, 430,000. <laughs> Just put Toops in. 80 points for Toops at 1.2% ownership. I think I spoke, yeah, after he scored. I said I, I had him in my team after that podcast. So I did yep. an Alamotti to Tupo trade and then I reversed it to save the trade. <laughs> and then watching Toops. Oh, I love having the EMU on my side. And, yeah, I was just ah, oh, well, that's super coach, isn't it? Let's talk about our strategy chat for the round. Um, so we're going to talk briefly about buying and selling because at the moment we're coming into round 17. And there's going to be 10 rounds left and it's the final third of the season, basically. And at this point of the season, I think that this round is so hard per se because people, we get to a point where there's no obvious buys and sells and it's very, very team specific, but also very strategy specific on what you want to do. And it's this point in time, I think, is one of the major few points in a season that, that a lot of teams start to make huge mistakes and it's one that I always look back on as well because I always make a mistake or two at this point myself. Very hard not to. But this is a point where you have to think about how you want to structure your side for the run home. So certainly for me, I think that when we're talking about strategy, there's a lot of teams that will still hold on to guys with a low break even, um, hold on to guys that might be a 15th or 16th man in a buy round coming up for the final big buy round. Uh, hold on to guys until the guns are finished in origin. And a lot of the time this can be a mistake. So for me, I'm looking for guys that are going to be value that I want on the run home. Uh, One of my big things at this point that I switch over to is that I don't want to buy anybody who isn't going to be in my final team. And by final team, I can also mean guys that are going to be my 21st, 22nd man as depth that I can rotate in here and there. Or if I get really stuck, I can play. Uh, so, for instance, we mentioned someone like Tupo before. You know, one of the things about Tupo is that he's a value downgrade where I can put him in and not play him necessarily, but he's there that I can keep and not waste another trade to get him out. Um, Cam Murray is an interesting one. So I was having this debate with a few very astute super coaches. Cam Murray isn't having a good season. I do not think Cam Murray will bounce back, but I do like Cam Murray as a buy next week. Why is that? Well, I don't want to play him, but if I can make... 100,000 out of Preston to Cam Murray or more, then all of a sudden I've got 100K to get in a Cam Munster for the run home or uh, whoever else for the run home, don't read Marnie to Harry Grant. And then Cam Murray, per se, he's like your 20th man. Like you don't even have to play him. Like That's it's... right. Like tell me in January this year if you could do a, a Jacob Preston to Cam Murray trade in round 16 and make 100K out of it. Like, you'd take that every day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. And like, uh, I, I've i got like 15 players from around 19 and I've mentioned a lot of the time that 
around 16 and 19, big boys complement each other. Like if you've got a, enough around mm. 16, a lot of those guys are playing around 19 as well that are relevant. So you don't have to worry about having 15, 16. You can pull that down to 13 if it means that you're going to get some of these origin guys in. So for me, like I'm, I'm focusing on that, guys that I can keep in my side. And I'm also low on trades. Now, obviously, if somebody's got 20-plus trades, they can look at it a bit differently, right? Yep. Yeah, go for your life. If, that's, if you're someone like me who traditionally um, trades hard early, this is the time of year to save trades for this buy period. The way that's just fallen this year has been um, pretty handy, to be honest. I'm not making any trades this week. I've got enough numbers for this week. Uh, my one last week, I've already similar fate as you. I don't need to make trades to get numbers in the next buy round. So this is where I'll get my, my um, trades up my sleeve. It's a bit risky because you, you never know with injuries and stuff like that, but that's where I'll get me extra extra trades from round 20 onwards tried not trading through this part but definitely um break even sort of go out the window a little bit at this stage of the season everyone's already up to like about 15 million salary cap the salary cap's built it's all about sort of finalizing your your final team for the run home now and balancing the boys if you don't care about the boys then in a head to head it's all about getting the best players you want to to win your head-to-head comps so Definitely um, take a little bit less note of BEs. Like, I suppose Dave Fafita is probably a prime example this week with a BE of 160. I've held on to him always being injured. Even if he plays this week, doesn't play this week, he does again like he did <laughs> that last game, backs up and plays 30 minutes in the back end of the game. So be it. I want him for the run home. So I don't really care that he's going to drop in price. Yeah, and I mean, someone like Damien Cook as well. Like, he's got around a 40 BE and he's been going well. But if you're planning on going to Grant, again, we're looking at opportune times, right? Now, the guy that you've got might have a low break even, but look at who you might get in. Like, people are looking at Turbo, and obviously, when we're talking about these guys per se, you're going to do the trade in the round when you know that they're actually going to play after backing up from Origin. But, like, Turbo's got, like, a minus 43 BE. So Against a storm, backing up from Origin. Yeah. So, I mean, like, someone like him's a good example. Like, he doesn't have a good matchup. He might score poorly this week, but... 762k as well now. He's not well. That's the dearest he's been all season. Mm, but can you afford to pay an extra 100k in two weeks for him? You know, that's it's hard, isn't it? That's the balancing act, isn't it? You might pick him up in round 20 at 100k less too. Especially at fullback, it's a real balance because there's so many good options to fullback this season. Like, uh, I think I'll just run with Fuller and Gutho until after Origin, and then I'll reassess who I'm going to bring in. Well, Turbo looks like a great buy this week, but I'm going to pass on it and just save the trade. Yeah, and it's you're going to have to make those decisions because obviously you can't get everyone in at once. Uh, I certainly wouldn't be put off at this point by guys playing Origin, like if, as long as they're going to back up. So case in point, Munster and Grant are both significantly below the price tag that they started at. Uh, they're both coming off 100 pluses, 120 pluses actually. So... You know, a lot of people will sort of go, oh, I'll wait until after Origin, blah, blah, blah. It's an opportune time. If you're thinking about Munster and he, he looks juicy for you, jump on him. He's, he's a good backer-upper, Munster. Yeah. From Origin. And at, at this point, if you've got guys that um, don't that miss a game, like if, if after Origin 3 he has a rest or whatever, you're just going to have to cop that. I think that one of the important things to finish up on the strategy chat per so is that when you're getting to your uh, final teams, you need to get there as quickly as possible. Um, but in saying that as well, you also need to make sure that you give yourself the depth. So that's a big balancing act to finish on. 
the balancing act of the depth versus getting your team as quick as possible yeah, because we've 100%. never seen a, a this is a, a year where we're going to have a big buy and a mini big buy 19 started round 19 starting that and after that you're still going to have time to climb more than any other year because we have these buys yep. every single week after that one team off and I've seen teams with like five or six house players they're going to struggle a lot of teams without trades will struggle on that run home even even your head-to-head players, like your staunch head-to-head players, I don't think you can afford to like nuff out like you normally do in years gone by. This is uh, even with the the head knocks and the you know sin binnings and like suspension. Just, you, you're going to need solid depth. I don't think you can run home with any more than two non-playing reserves. Yeah, head-to-head or overall, really. Yeah, I think it's two. I've got one absolute nuff. Um, because I thought that Jack, Jack Howarth, you know, they gave him like a four, four or five year deal at 500k a season to not play first grade. I thought that he would play. But he's a hand, that's that's a handy second row um, centre. That's a good enough to have. Mm. You got one or two of, like that that you can swap around and use as a, either a loop or like to get you to swap other players around. And it's a duel. I think that's all right. But any more than two, like, it's just going to be too tough this season, I think. You, you can't have any more than two nuffs slash crap players that are going to be an AE nightmare. You know, you, and really, the, that's something that I've tried to do over this buy round too. I've tried to clean out the AE guys, like yeah. Sonny Luke and yeah, stuff. Like you've got, you've got enough room with the, the three trade rounds or four trades with a boost over this period that you've had where you can trade out guys like Sonny Luke. And if you don't have any nuffs, like I don't think it's great to get nuffs in, but you could get one in if you've got none already. And make sure that you've got no AE nightmares because a lot of the really well-built teams per so, and this is for every year, not just this season, will be able to do really good loops every single week if they want to. And they'll be able to, what that does is it means like from like round 22, you might be able to loop 100, whereas other teams might be going, look, I need at least 130, 140, or I can't loop. Yeah. You can loop 100 because you know that your worst players, you know, your, your 23rd man's probably still going to score 40 or 50 anyway. And those really well-planned and built teams will be able to loop. And that's because they probably got rid of guys like a Sonny Luke during this buy period or, you know, these others. But yeah, they've been lucky enough not to have any injury impending forcing tries and they can clean up all that sort of jazz. So that's definitely a good point. Yep. Well, let's let's go into market watch now, mate. And I tell you, it's a it's a tough round. I, I don't think that there is any standout definite ins or outs, and that's what happens at this point in the year. Uh, but we've also obviously got the Sharks, the Bulldogs and the Tigers all not playing. And there's a few relevant players from there, particularly the Sharkies. So it, it's interesting trade action at the moment. Let's look at the traded out first of all. I think a lot of this makes sense. The first guy is Jerem Buller. Now, I do you think that it's a fine trade-out because you've got a 94 break-even? Um, but having said that, you know, conventional wisdom normally says a lot of the time, if you've got someone playing a big buy round and he's been scoring like the Dream has, you normally keep those guys in 72 average. Um, but, you know, I, I think that this could go both ways. I'm surprised that so many are jumping off because there's been a lot of people who have really enjoyed the 72 points a game and he's really good floor as well. And he's been on a bit of a ripper tear until last game. So he scored 43 last game, but before that he was 95, 111, 124. I um, am surprised that almost 15% of coaches are trading him out, basically half his ownership. But at the same time, 
you know, it, it does make sense when we're talking about if you want to get on turbo and you can't afford it later and, and so forth. How do you feel about him being the number one most traded out player? Uh, not really surprised by it. Um, same, but same like, same specific, I suppose. He, this is saying something. He's averaging seventy-one for the season, and he's the ninth best player in that position on average. That's how. That's what I was saying before about fullback. There's just so many good options. This year and it's so open. So, um, Brooks and Abby missing is is I've got touched on before is a, a rule for him. I suppose you pick him up as a if you pick him up like at bottom dollar. He was a bottom dollar player. He's made five hundred eleven k. So you can certainly um, justify moving him on. I haven't ruled it out myself to maybe go in a bullet to a turbo, even though I said I don't really want to do it. And <laughs> I might see what happens on Friday night. But um, yeah, you can't. I, I can't begrudge anyone selling him, and I can't begrudge anyone holding him. Um, he's safe as houses for scores. He's not going to be one of those fullbacks like a, a Kennedy that could throw out an eight or something. He's, he's got that base there, so and does play around nineteen. So. He's an easy hold, but if you looked at him purely as a cash cow when you got him, he's an easy sell as well. So it's just team specific. Like you said, you need to find some money somewhere and clean out a bit of dead wood or you want to jump to a gun that you want for the run home. That's fair, I would say. But what I would say is I wouldn't be jumping off a buller to like an Edwards or something like that if you were thinking about that sort of kind of move. You want someone that you, with the high ceiling for the run home. Yeah, I think so as well. You're looking at getting someone like him out. You're looking at it funding potentially another move, but also aiming to get someone in for the run home. Yeah, maybe a Teddy or something like that is a, a pretty juicy price for Tedesco at the moment, isn't he? So yeah, no one cares about Teddy anymore. Playing Canberra this week is you know on the final day of games, a good good backup range, and also a must win for the yeah. Roosters. Really, oh, I could see him. I could see him going off this week. That'd be a good. Oh, I've been having nightmares about it since I sold him to Gutha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look, Zach Costi makes complete sense. Uh, he's got to go. Uh, he should have gone once ago. Yeah, I think you know people have been holding on because it, they might have had other things to do, or they wanted the um, the buy cover and stuff. I mean, look, it might might have been an important number for the buy, but you know he threw up fifty five, so that was solid. But you've got that now. It's time to get rid of him. Um, Josh Schuster. So he was he's basically my number one trade out player for me. Like he's the first guy I looked at to get rid of. He's only got a break even at 60, but we we know with Schuster that he's got the low scores. He hasn't hit that in his last three. In fact, he's only hit it once in his what, seven games. You're lucky to hit 20 against the Storm this Yeah, week. playing the Storm at Amy Park with maybe Turbo not playing. That's one of their last games at Amy Park too because of the uh, Women's World Cup. I think they've only got this one and one more, so there'll be big crowds. Right in the storm's favour. It's a really good point too, because you, you think that you know the, the storm will want a really good showing, and they'll probably want to have all their players backing up as well if they can, and they normally do anyway. So yeah, it's a real danger game for Schuster. Oh, I can see the storm putting a number on Manly this week. Yeah, well, we'll get to that when I talk about my trade-ins. But <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's almost made two hundred k. I've still got him, and I will probably move him on this week. I just haven't decided who because I've got him stuck at five eight and my second row is pretty packed. So I may hang on to him and just save the trade this week because even if he scores twenty, he's not going to lose a lot. And then I'll sort of reassess. Five eight's a real bugger of a position there with um, Dylan Brown going down. Yeah, it is. I think that's why Ponga's ownership picked up so much because he's got that flexibility with the duel. Um, Nathan Cleary's getting sold. 
Got to say, I think it's a bit late. I would have been selling him before. Yeah, strange if you've held him on this long and they're getting rid of him. But, you know, again, he might have had bigger fish to fry. Uh, Billy Smith has made 75K, which isn't as much as what I would have hoped. He's just dropped almost 23K. And it's just, it's real rocks or diamonds with him, isn't it? Like he's scoring the last three has been 38, 37, 24. And before that, it was 80 and 71. First couple of games, he was looking like he was going to be a, a solid mid-season care, wasn't he? You know, I mean, and then, yeah, last couple of weeks, it's just been all base. He's had no no attack at all. So, I mean, I will I will say, though, he's got a 43 break-even per se. So I'm actually not in a hurry to... No, he's definitely not a must-trade out. And you sort of... You know, this might be me trying to be positive, but on the weekend, he had no attacking footy at all. And he scored a 38. Like, that's not terrible. And it's also going to seem, you know, what lose like $2,000 if he ends up doing that again this week. But against Canberra, in a game that you expect Teddy to be back and they've reshuffled uh, their side a little bit, I kind of feel like he's he's going to have to get some clutch attack at some point, right? You're not a centre or winger that, that doesn't, you know. Very Willie, William Warbrick-like, you know, he like... He's got his few bad games in a row and he'll probably hit an 80 this week just after everyone sells him. It happens pretty often. Yeah, uh, Raiders, Raiders left edge defence can lead some points too. So, I mean, again, if you've got bigger fish to fry, you're not going to worry about Billy Smith sitting there, are you? No, and he's got Manly the week after too. Yeah, and if you're struggling, like, it all depends. A lot of this week will depend on how tonight's game goes as well for people holding Origin players. I think tonight will be a bit more of a traditional old school brutal game and there might be a few more not backing up as opposed to game one. So you might need a Billy Smith just to get that extra to make sure he got 17 on the field this week. And as you touched on, 43 break even, he's not a must get rid of. So it could be a handy hold this week. Yeah, you don't need to be rushing to sell him. Look, if you're set for this week and you're fine, there's nothing wrong with selling him. Mm. Not saying that at all. No, no. Um, I could see him being pretty handy in the next couple of weeks when things get a bit tough. And like one of the, I think one of the things that we're kind of blessed with is I agree with you tonight's origin. I think it's going to be pretty brutal, but one of the things that's good is that the competition is so tight. Like teams can't afford to wrestle like they have in previous years, can they, Barnsley? No, like you've got the North Queensland Cowboys on sixteen points in thirteenth, and Parramatta in eighth on eighteen points. Like there's one win difference between eighth and thirteenth. There's pretty much only three sides in the comp that can't make the eight. Yeah, exactly. And look, when you look at it too, like even like someone like South Sydney, for example, you know, worthy premiership favourite, they're on the same amount of points as Canberra in seventh. Like they're in, they're in yeah, the top I, four, but they're on the same points in seventh. Like it's. I was looking at that the other day. I think, oh yes, yeah, South Sydney, no good wrestling. Oh, no, hang on, they're sitting fourth, and one win could drop them out of the eight. <laughs> That's how close it is this year. It's unreal. So if you if a player's Fit enough to back up. They're backing up. Probably Brisbane is the team that I think is a worry. Um, so they're 24 points in first place. And they're, you know, a good six points plus a great forward against out of, you know, missing out or whatever. And even when you're looking at the top four, they're, they're two wins ahead of South Sydney, four points ahead of them in fourth place. So, I mean. But then you look at the guys that they've got in origin, your Paddy Carrigans and your Payne Haases, they'll back up. They're just a, like, Freaks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because there's been some mail too where someone like Payne Ars could play really big minutes tonight. And, and if he does, you know, do they sort of play him 45 minutes, 50 minutes instead of his normal? That's the thing. He'll probably play, but not play his normal minutes. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting. But I think that that's, I think we will see a lot of 
teams have their players back up. When we're going down the list, Harrison Edwards, easy sell. Alamodi, I, I think, is an easy sell too. I've dragged about as much cash out of him as I can. <laughs> and he's not buying this week, so he's, he's an easy sell if you're looking to bring in a gun. He's Bulldog's teammate, though. And we've got three dogs here between six and eight that are being sold. But Jacob Preston at number eight. You know, I was keen to hold Jacob Preston. Um, but I must admit, I've even looked at possibly selling him only because he's 600000 He's made almost four hundred. He's made basically $400,000 in profit. And I did want to keep him for the run home, but I'm having a look at these upgrades and things going, well, you know, I, I can actually get a better player in. And I'm actually looking at next week. You know, I mentioned Cam Murray. You know, a prime example is Cam Murray's got a 93 break even and he's just a shade over 500,000. There is already almost 100K difference between him and Jacob Preston. There might be 130K that you can make by going Jacob Preston to Murray and then upgrading a Billy Smith to a keeper centre wing. And uh, something like that is pretty enticing. So I can't talk anyone out of getting rid of Preston, but I will just remind people that one of the things that's really important to look at is that when you're trading out someone like Jacob Preston, have a look at what he's averaging and what he's been doing. Because I think that we can often forget, you know, with the cow, all right, the cow's done, or he doesn't have the name value and the cachet. We can just get rid of him. Preston's averaged 61.2 points a game. And if you have a look where that ranks him, it's a lot better than a lot of other second row forwards in the competition. And he still could keep going, you know, at least as well as that. So it's one of those ones, per se, where you could hold or, or you could sell. Yeah, totally too specific. I uh, got rid of Preston to Nakora uh, about four or five weeks ago, I think it was. That's If you're getting rid of Preston, that's the sort of move you want to be getting one of the top two or three back rowers, I think, because he can easily do a job for you, even if you don't play him every week. He's that guy that will come in and he'll get you 50 to 70 when you're out of trades and injuries and whatnot hit, so... That's one thing I will say with Preston. Or you could do, like you said, the downgrade to Murray because they'll score similarly and you might get a week where you're making that sort of downgrade and then Murray might have one of those games where he scores a try and sets one up. So that's And if that gets you another gun centre wing or gives you the money to do what you need to do at fullback or halfback, uh, that's the move you want to be making. But he's definitely not a rush out, that's for sure. And like I was holding him for round 19, but... When you're having a look at that as well, he's playing the Rabbitohs. And as we know, the Rabbitohs aren't as affected in origin as what we would hope. You know, they're, they're going to have guys like Cody Walker. They might have Latrell there. Um, they've got guys like Colin Matangi still there. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, that would be a pretty good trade, wouldn't it? Mm. Preston to Colin Matangi. Well, you've still got your same number for round 19. There's another one, provided he doesn't get thrown in, obviously, for game three or something. But yeah, so I mean, another pretty team specific guy. Tyron Peachy, get rid of him. Dylan Brown, um, it's he's one who's created some conjecture on the trade-outs. Gut feeling, I think he won't play again this year. These things just tend to drag out. But again, that's just a gut feeling. I got rid of him as soon as the court thing happened. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, where I, I don't begrudge anyone selling him because I sold him. But it's, I, again, sort of think that you make those you've got to really sit down and just make that decision at the time as soon as possible because it's it's over 800000 Like You could have made this decision two weeks ago and I think that you're going to get best value out of doing that because you've got to look at the, the most positive scenario is in a couple of weeks, Brown's cleared to play again. But if you sold him two weeks ago, you've got a month of football where you've had someone else scoring in his place or making money or whatever. Whereas you're selling now and the best case scenario for him is he's back in two weeks. It's not quite as good. So... 
it's probably a bit of a, a strategy in, you know, when you actually make these decisions. If you've got someone that's definitely not playing for a period of time, which he was until at least the end of June, then you've got to bite the bullet and make those decisions straight up rather than waiting. Because he was on fire, his values up like it, it's just it was an easy sell for me just to use that money elsewhere. But yeah, as I said, if you still got him now, it, it'd be I don't know, team specific, I suppose, with what you do. But if you've been had the luxury of being able to hold on to him for this long, maybe it's worth holding on for another week or two, see what happens with that court case. Well, it's a bit harder, isn't it? I mean, the other thing too is that round eighteen, they've got the buy as well. So yeah. you probably have to sell him because of that. Um, but, you know, round 19, they're obviously going to play and they're going to play at Combank Stadium versus the Warriors. I know the Warriors have been really good and they're not going to be origin affected, but at the same time, it's a Combank Stadium and the Eels can put on some good points there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a hard one because that's going to take place on Saturday the 8th of July and that's going to be a week after his hearing where that's right. yeah, he could get cleared and away he and goes. That could be the ultimate pod move, couldn't it? Because everyone's got moving. Yeah, so definitely have a think about it because it would be an ultimate pod move, you're right. And the other thing too is that you, you, we've already seen how quickly guys can get cleared. Like I can't remember who it was. So someone stood down and there was an exemption a couple of weeks ago to the NRL because it got thrown out. Yeah, Lalua, you know, Luciano. Uh, he wasn't even named in the squad on the Tuesday. And on the Friday, he was cleared and they put in an exemption request and the NRL yeah. granted it and he played a day later. That's right, it- he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't named in the 24-man squad, but the court case, he got thrown out and then, yeah, the um, straight in. So he could go straight in if that court case comes out in favour of Dylan Brown. My gut feels the same as yours. I think it'll drag on. But, yeah, as I said, I, I've got no evidence either way to say. I just have a feeling that that's the way it'll go. So It's always hard with these type of things when uh, there's, there's a video footage mm-hmm. and and witnesses and it's gotten that's obviously been bad enough to the point that they've actually charged him and he's going to court on multiple counts and it was adjourned first up three weeks later it's a case building paper then so yeah it doesn't look good uh and i mean at worst like it, it might not be the infraction might not be as bad as what is reported or as what we think but he has to get out of it entirely for them to bother yeah. you know putting him back yep. on the field at this point, right? So he's got to be completely, have the case thrown out. I can see a scenario where this gets adjourned again and the um, the final case will be held like in the off-season after the November-ish and it'll get adjourned for three months or something like that. Yeah, and separately, that's going to really put pressure on the NRL's no, like stand-down policy, isn't it? Because to have him out of finals football and potentially even a grand final like the Eels ran into last year. That's a big call when obviously the charges don't hold that that 15-year um, minimum for an auto, auto stand down and they've actually used the executive powers of ABDO to come down and say it doesn't matter, we're still going yeah. to do it. You'd, you'd like to think the NRL seen the, um, the video footage and that was subsequent enough for them to come to that decision. Interesting times for Eels fans, for Supercoach fans, for Dylan Brown fans, um, the traded in players. Sean Johnson, the number one most traded in player. Oof. Massive. He's over 700,000 per so 8% of trading him in. He's got a minus 16 break even. He is going to be higher owned than Mitch Moses this week. Now, I'm going to give you a devil's advocate because Oof. I know that you're on Sean Johnson. You have been for a while. <laughs> He's gone 119 and 127 the last two weeks. He's playing St. George. There's no doubt about it being a good buy. Um, but <laughs> you've always got to weigh up both sides. Here we go. Here's the butt. Barnes's butt. Got to weigh it up. All right. So, first of all, 
he's going to have one of the big values of Sean Johnson is him being such a great pod. Okay. He is not going to be a pod. In fact, he's going to be uh, the highest owned half back outside of Nico Hines playing. And that's great. Win stadium. That's not a good hunting ground for the Warriors. Uh, the Dragons, I think, will lose. But in saying that, we all know what happens with under siege teams per se, especially playing at Wynn Stadium. It's not a great travel for the Warriors. Uh, and he doesn't have that pod value anymore. I could try and search for other things, but it's pretty hard to find him. He's done <laughs> real well. Uh, but one of the things for me, I'm I kind of having some comfort here in this because I'm not getting him in uh, because I'm actually going to halt Moses. Now, looking at it, I thought that Moses wouldn't back up initially as an owner, and I was worried. But the more I've looked at it, Parramatta really needs to win these games. So I think that if he's if he's okay to back up, he will back up. And he's going to go into this game this weekend against the Dolphins. He's already there, by the way, because he's at Suncorp. So he's already there. He doesn't have to go on a different flight or anything, or travel or anything else. And they they need to win this game against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins have been leaking points. He's going to go in probably 5% less owned than what Sean Johnson is. So people particularly going Moses to Sean Johnson. Oh, you wouldn't do that. That is something that I think that I would not be doing. Um, I understand getting Sean Johnson in, obviously. But certainly as a Moses owner, I'm, I'm pretty happy to hold. Uh, I certainly think that there is ways that Sean Johnson can not work out. He does have a good negative break even though... But again, Perso, you know, last point with him on trying to tear him down as a good option, even though he is a great option, <laughs> is that if you've got like 12 trades left, you really need to go through your team and make sure that you can afford to get Sean Johnson in and then get him back out again to get to your Nico Hines and Cleary finishing halfbacks, you know. And I'm not sure that some teams will get there. No, but I think the way it's going, it'll be a straight swap to Cleary probably. <laughs> All the cool kids are running Hines and SJ Barnes you all know that. Yeah, I know, but I don't like being cool. <laughs> but uh, having said that, the only reason I sold Moses last week was to get Horns back in. So we still got, um, if you're running a Horns Moses combo, no need to bring SJ in. As good as a buy as he looks mm. at this point, if you like, I jumped on SJ a while back while he was cheap. That that was the, the biggest thing about it. And, he, and when Everyone loves having SJ in their side when he's playing the way he is. It's like a, a flashback to 10 years ago when he was, you know, SJ and you'd watch his game of footy and just tear it apart. You know, it, it, it's a nostalgia thing as well. But, um, yeah, if you didn't have SJ now and you had Hines and Moses, you wouldn't sell either of those guys for an SJ, would you? Yeah, can I just say that 0.8% of people are selling Hines at the moment? And, like, be- I know he's not playing this week, <laughs> but that is just insane, guys and girls. If Unless you've got 25 trades and you can trade him in and out in two weeks and you're just going for points this week and unless he's head-to-head. Save those trades, hey? Even if you've got 20-something trades, just save those trades because you're going to need them. It's going to be a big advantage. It's not not for one-week trades. With the SJ talk to finish it off as him being the number one trading player at the moment, what do you think about... Because uh, I've thought about this as well with Moses, right? Um, Cleary maybe gets delayed coming back. Maybe it's like round 22 or something before he comes back and then there's not much of the season left. Yep. How do you feel about if you have to hold SJ? Because I'll actually, you know, jump back in his corner and support him here. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see a world where I don't get Cleary back if SJ is still killing it. Well, he's he's actually got a pretty good draw. Um, after this week, in the yeah, short term, it looks, it looks kind of bad. Because he after Saints this week, he plays Souths, Paris, Sharks, and then Raiders. Not great, but three out of four of those are out and out smart, which is good. But they've actually got 
out of their remaining their run games. home is yeah, yeah nice. They're, they've got like half a dozen games left to Mount Smart. And when you're looking at after that Canberra game in Mount 21, where it's sort of a little bit of a hardish type of run, 23 onwards, they go Titans, Tigers, Manly, St. George, Dolphins. And Manly, St. George, for those um, major final and grand final head-to-head weeks, are at Mount Smart versus Manly and St. George. He has a very, very, very friendly run for that final half a dozen rounds. And the Warriors sort of benefited from the Women's World Cup. Like I think they've got a, a lot more home games heavy at the back end because they played away a lot at the start to compensate for that. So because there's Aussie stadiums obviously getting used for that. So there's a world, yeah, definitely a world if you bring an SJ now you're holding for the season. I mean, it, everyone it, everyone expects the wheels to fall off, but it's just it's a vintage season from SJ. It really is. He's going great. Clearly, say 2020. <laughs> yep. Back with the, the major thing you said as well, we're backing up and uh, do we think one of the wheels might have started to fall off the, the Finns bandwagon? I really do. Um, and it's not any disrespect to the Finns. I just think that uh, I'm going to call them Redcliffe because I forgot I committed to do that all year. Um, <laughs> I just think the Redcliffe started off well above expectations, but it was always going to be hard for them to keep it up. And I think you saw a lot of experts that sort of say... Yeah. They've rode emotion for a long time, haven't they? I think emotion and depth, depth as well, person. That touch up the other week, sort of the world. I think it's starting to get back to where everyone thought they would be. Honestly, they could lose every game from here on out, and I think it's still an overachieved season for them. It's not going to be disappointing. So, they've already won seven games. They've done really well. So it's. Yeah, it's not that the players are going to think like that, but I just think they're going to get outclassed, and the depth stuff is going to matter when they've got guys out and stuff. That was always going to be the problem the depth in that 30-man squad. I mean, they did well to hang on as well as they did with the injuries they've had in key positions in the halves. But they've lost a few forwards now as well, and that's sort of starting to show, I think. Cam Munster is the second most trained in player. That's fair. He's almost 200K below what he started at. Mm. 666,000. Can you look at this? 666,600. It's almost the complete devil's number there. Is that lucky or unlucky? I don't know. I was surprised that he's only in 20% of teams. Uh, it's uh, I thought that more would have held him, uh, but he's got to break even at 51. He's covered off that 100-plus score. And one of the big things is if he has a big one this week, you're going to obviously get the points from that. And I think that he will have a big this game this week versus Manly. But that 42 from around 14 drops out of his average. So if he goes 124-100, he's going to have a really low break even going into the next round. I'm I'm all for getting him in this week, provided he's healthy, because uh, their final game at Amy Park for the year, that's big. And the form that he's been in as well, and a decent turnaround, and the fact that I think Manly probably won't have Turbo. I'm just a gut feel. I, I think that they might oh, not. Surely they'd rest him, wouldn't they? Well, they, I mean, they really need the wins too, mate. So that's, this is the other thing that's know, bad, but it's mind. such a hard game. Oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. It might be one of the positives that um, comes out of that, that Cleary injury and some of these other ones because there was a lot of media coverage about um, the increased occurrence of soft tissue muscle injuries if you play yep. multiple games in a short period. That might spook manly enough just to say we can't do it. One thing's for sure, if Turbo does back up, you know he's healthy. Well, yeah. So that's something you'd have no hesitation to bring him in if they're going to play him because there's, there's just hinges on him. I really don't like what I've seen from Manly lately, and I just think this is going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm 
I think the Munster's going to have a similar game to what he did in that Sharks massacre last game where he scored 124. Yeah, I can see him tearing up. He's a great captain option this week. Like it, like it as a buy, and it's going to be obviously a guy that's going to stick to your, your team for the rest of the run. That's who I punted. Do I haven't had Munster in my side all year? I had Dylan Brown, and then when, as soon as Dylan Brown was there, I went straight to Munster. There was a no brainer for me, and but that's he'll just sit there for the rest of the year. He's just so good. I think Gutherson, third most trading in player. I love this because he's just gone up another 110 grand. And so, it's now or never. I was buying it? him last week, 110k cheap. I absolutely loved it. And I actually made 60,000 going Teddy to Gutherson. It made me money to do another move. He's got a minus 14 break even this week, per so. And I was so surprised last week. One of the things that really pushed me over the edge to get him in was that Gutherson was going into last week at 9% ownership. I could not believe he was still a pod with all the fullbacks oh, down no. and how he was scoring. And now he's still at 12% ownership. And Which is still great. <laughs> I think that he's going to be about what, 17%-ish ownership, which is still going to be pretty decent. And he's got a three-round average of 117 and a five-round average of 87. And he's just he's just been killing it the last three weeks. 81, 138, 132. And when you're looking at the matchups, you're going, round 17 versus yeah. the Finns. He could go 100 again. This could be 400s in a row. Has a break. Round 19 versus the Warriors. It's a hard one, but it's at Combank. Then he's playing the Titans in round 20. Oh my God, Gutho. It's just, <laughs> but again, devil's advocate person. We both own him. We both love him. If you're buying him this week, he's not going to play the following week. That's something to nah. consider. Um, and he's also, you know, someone that you could get in in the round 19 buy, I guess, but we're getting late. So one of the things that I actually said to myself was, I mean, if, if I'm going to buy Gutho, how do I feel about his run home? How do I feel about having him as my second fullback? And I made peace with myself that I'm happy with that. If I have to do that, that's fine. And he could outscore the other fullbacks with the way he's going because I think he's going phenomenal this year. I can't see myself getting rid of him. Yeah, I can't either. It's one of those things that just it seems mad when you trade someone out that's just going great guns and you're trading him to someone going less. You know, Who I partner with him is the question, which would have been Latrell. But this lingering calf injury with him, I'm glad I got rid of him when I did. I did a Latrell to Gaffer swap when Latrell went down. Um, <laughs> so I got lucky there, but oh, it's now or never. If you don't bring him in this week, he's probably going to be out of that price range to warrant bringing him in, isn't he? Yeah, and um, the round eighteen buy is not that bad. Round twenty seven buy is a bit tricky though. But I mean, I guess you know, mm. buy then you'd hope that you've got enough players in your side to cover him. But it's why saving trades is going to be important on this run home. He's averaging seventy eight, which is the best that he's ever averaged, and he's doing about forty two just in base base attack. So. His floor is just phenomenal at the moment, um, and he's he seems to be getting better for me. And he's just got such a juicy draw. I would have been much better. I would have been much more positive about getting him in the last two weeks. But certainly, I think you've still got some time, uh, and you can make money out of it, right? You, if you do have trades in your in your bank, which some teams are in that position, the best thing selling. If you were selling bullets at Guffer this week, I couldn't begrudge that. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I, I just love how he's going. Kieran Colomatangi was speaking about plenty on this podcast. Uh, I, I think that's totally fine. And I really like him going against those edges of the Cowboys perso. I think that he could get another try against those edges this week. Oh, for sure. He's another one I love on him aside because I just love watching him play footy. It's funny this week too, that the, the guys coming in, there's a lot of guys that are sort of pod territory that are getting bought this week. There's not a huge amount of popular guys, but they are guys that you can keep. Like Keon, I think he's a, a keeper. Keon Colin Matangi and Campbell Graham. 
bring them in if you've got the opportunity to do it. Do it. The only thing is, keep in mind, South has got two buyers in the last six weeks. Yeah, that's one thing to consider. And the other thing I'll throw up there, because Campbell Graham will talk about too, because he's in, in here at seventh, most traded in as well. The things with both of these guys and the other South players is if the Blues lose tonight, yeah, does New South Wales look, turn around and say, look, we need to yeah. give some guys a game, Campbell Graham and Kieran Kalamatani. Campbell Graham should have been there from game one. Yeah, I would have had him on the wing myself. I would have had Kieran Kalamatani yep. on the bench. Um, I think that both of those guys are there. But Colin Matangi was injured for the, otherwise he would have probably been there in game one. I probably would have brought him in. He would have been there instead of Hudson Young, I think, if he was fit. Uh, Campbell Graham should have been there. Definitely should have been there. I'd have had him out of Crichton and at O'Carr, to be honest. Yeah, so there's a bit of a consideration there that the South Sydney buyers. I'd, I'd also probably say with both of them, personally, I was having this chat with a few few boys today, even that. Count how many South players you got because you're going to have to have an eject plan because Cody Walker's the eighth most traded in player. We're about to talk about him in a bit more detail. You can't have five or six South Sydney players because that round twenty buy is just going to kill you, and then the, the you know the round uh, the later round buy as well towards the end of the year is going to kill you as well. There's not a snowball's chance in hell I'd be buying Cody Walker at the moment. This is the price way too dear. He's going to plummet. Eight hundred thirteen thousand. He's coming off 168, 110, 63, 86. South draw is better now than it has been all season, but still at that price. But can I just say, he hasn't scored below 60 since round three. <laughs> I know. <laughs> who, who are you trading out to bring him in is the problem. Well, I mean, if somebody's doing a downgrade, a big downgrade somewhere, and they're bringing in someone like Schuster out to Cody Walker. You got me thinking now, actually. I had... I had Cody and Dylan Brown, and then I don't know if both. I've held for feeder. I actually don't mind it. swapping Schuster back to the second row and trading for feeder to Cody Walker after I've just said that. Yeah, I, I don't want to do it, and I'm not <laughs> looking at it because of the expense. Uh, but I know. Uh, but yeah. as you said, he just keeps putting the numbers up, doesn't he? you got to look at what he's doing personally in the next few weeks. Two out of the next three are at home. He's got Cowboys, Warriors, and Bulldogs. Even without Latrell, he's been scoring well. Well, he's been scoring well this year. He's turned back the clock from 2021, hasn't he? He's really just scoring with or without Latrell. He's just been on fire. Uh, the way Demetrio structured their attack, he's playing both sides of the field. They're not just going left anymore. It's like, that's why Campbell Graham's got 14 tries. And you've got Ilias is just uh, distributing the ball on that side, and it's linked with Walker and Mitchell on both sides. So... Let me just push you right over the edge here with a number. <laughs> uh, max score versus the Cowboys, 130. Max score versus the Warriors, 150, which included four tries. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. That was great. Uh, obviously, the Warriors are a different side, but you can just put that 150 on the Bulldogs in round 19 if you want, um, where he's got low scores against them, but they're primed for 150. So he's uh, he, he I can't talk anyone out of it because he's gone so well and so consistent, and he's already got four tons on his season. Uh, I, and I think he's got to at least have a couple of more. And playing at a core stadium versus the Cowboys this week, high score gets 130 before, yeah. That's as juicy as it gets, isn't it? The Cowboys, they are leaky this year. And having him, like, he's going to be a, a premium round 19 number. Having him in that big buy play, the Bulldogs at a core stadium. Oh, genuine captain. Massive. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very hard to not... To not have a look at him. Check your bags of food. I'll get Morgan back. 
And look, for people with 20 plus trades, that's a really good um, oh, you know, yeah. trade in, trade out, trade out, trade in, I should say, where you just get feedback in a few weeks. Well, I would rather risk, even with not having a lot of trades, when you think about it, I'd rather risk not having Fafita than Walker for that run home. I've, I've looked into their draw, even post-origin, it's pretty good, aside from the two boys, which you'd be playing Munster anyway, and you just slot in another second row, or that'd be the week you play six centre wings. Yeah, and I, look, I don't have a lot of trades left, so Cody Walker might be a bridge too far for me. I've got Ponger and Munster if I get Munster in this week, which I intend to. Um, that's it's just going to be too hard for me to go. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll rent Cody Walker for a few weeks or something, or trade a drink water out and get a bit cute. I might just have to just leave it um, and just hold fort with Ponga and get Munster in. Ponga's the ninth most traded in player. I, I can't talk anyone out of it because I was all over it. I am very disappointed as an owner though because you've got to remember that when these guys come into your side. Ponga was like at seven percent or something. When exactly, a of weeks ago. and then when they get up to twenty five percent ownership, their value erodes quite a bit because part of the value is yeah. the fact that they're low owned and you're getting those pod points. Doesn't mean it's a bad buy, but he's still especially when they're like five eight pullback. Yeah, and it, it Penrith this week, not not a good week. Um, I would actually, I'm a no way I'd bring him in. I'm this a week. Ponga owner. He doesn't play round nineteen. He's playing Penrith this week. I am happy enough to own him, and I like the buy that I made a few weeks ago. I would be choosing yep. Cody Walker over him or Munster over him oh, this 100%. week. percent. There's no way in the world I bring more in this week. Well, I mean, he's going well. It's not a bad look. I'm not saying he's going to go bad. I think he'll average 65 to 70 on the run home. But the Panthers are just so defensive. Everyone scores poorly against them. As you said, doesn't play around 19. He's so highly owned now. Heaps of people are going to get off him in the next couple of weeks because you probably punch out a 30 or something this week and that's the impulsive thing that people do. So you'd, you'd wait till around 20, wouldn't you, if you didn't already own him? I'll throw out another number just to close the coffin of uh, Caitlin Ponga this week. <laughs> the max score, not the average score, the max score that Ponga has scored against Bennett Panthers is 62 points. He doesn't score well. That is well below anybody else. He's thrown up tons against everyone. That was that was probably in the fourteen or well, twelve. That, that, that's his. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the best he's ever done. I like. I don't think they've ever they haven't beaten him since Pong has been at, at Newcastle, and he's playing at Blue Bet Stadium. It's not even at McDonald Jones Stadium. So, I I've, it's a it's not a good buy this week. He's playing the Dogs the following week, which would be great. But then he's got a buy. Uh, I just I think it's a bit of a waste this week. I certainly. One of the trades that's reasonably popular per se is going Buller to Ponga. You know, that's putting him obviously at the fullback spot. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't do that either. No, I wouldn't either. I'd just hold Buller for the 19 number um, or or look at some of these other guys, even Agatha. Unless you're looking at taking the punt that Teddy or Turbo is going to be which one of those guys you want to hold for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be trading that Buller unless you're going to a Gutho, Teddy, Turbo, which whoever you choose. As you final run home guy, or yeah, I definitely wouldn't get bullet at Ponga. And we talk about the value eroding on ownership. The value erodes also as someone gets more expensive. So the value on price, if you bought him five games ago, he was four hundred eighty-five thousand. He's over six hundred and sixty thousand yep. now. It's such a huge difference. Even just buying him two weeks ago, that was after the appeal of, of uh, Ponga, wasn't it? Because he was so cheap at the time when you picked him up. Yeah, that's right. I mean five hundred. 70,000 
you know, it's it's a bit of a no-brainer that you're going to have some value there. And the worst case is that you're going to make 100K and be able to punt it out later. Um, but oh, I looked at it and I didn't have room on my side for it. And I certainly won't be making room now at his price. No, no. Uh, to round out the top 10, Reese Walsh, 639,000 and people are jumping back on. I am not sure how I feel per se because, look. Big nut. Well, I will say that in the short term, looking at this week, playing against the Gold Coast Titans, he scored 101 points against them in round seven. And it is the type of game where it's hard for me to see him not turning up against the Titans. It's also... It's also the type of game where he gets a rest. Too. Oh, there's that as well. You know, we, we obviously need to assume that he's going to play, but if he's having a rest and that's going to be a big deal, the makeup of the bench might be interesting. But aside from the Gold Coast Titans this week, he's got the D- Dolphins. The he's got a week. huge BE, doesn't he? Uh, no, he's only going to be in the 20s. So, yeah, okay. like, if you're there looking you at running home with him, then it makes sense now. I, I think the next couple of games of the Titans and the Dolphins, like both at home, the only thing I will say is the last six weeks is when the Broncos finally get the, the draw they deserve after being spoon-fed all season. And that's the big downside, isn't it? Like, do you really <laughs> yeah. want to go from round 21 onwards and go... Is he going to, is he going to score, outperform Latrell, Turbo, Teddy in that last six weeks? That's what you need to ask yourself. Gutho as well. I'll throw Gutho in oh, Gut- oh, yeah. I thought we just already put him as a staple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah staple him He's the must-have one. Who are you partnering with the King? Well, exactly <laughs> right, mate. Who's the backup to King Gutho? But I don't think it's Reese Walsh because you got twenty one yeah. onwards, you got Souths, the Roosters, the Cowboys, Parramatta, a bye, the Raiders. And most of those are away. Yeah. They finally leave Queensland. Finally. Um there's only they've got the Cowboys there on an away game at, at Townsville. But I can see a lot of sub forty scores for Walsh in that run home. Yeah, and we've seen inklings of it as well. Like everyone looks at the great scores and stuff, even if when I say a lot, uh, two, yeah, three, uh, which is a, which is enough compared to the other guys punching out hundreds in that position premium. He actually position. hasn't gone as big as people think. Like, if you have a look at it, he's got three tons, but they're 105, 101, 116. He doesn't have these 130s, 140s. I'd urge everyone that's going to buy him, look at his round 8 to 12, 5 round, okay? That's five weeks there where he's got 38, 23, 93, 67, and 42. And he's played hard opposition in those games. And that's about what I expect on that run home out of, with the Broncos out of Queensland. I'm not saying the Broncos, the wheels are going to fall off, but it's a lot tougher draw. They have had the easiest draw all season, and he's been a benefit of it. 100%. But, personally, I've got 25 trades. I'm one of three people in Supercoach that does. <laughs> it's fine to buy him this week and get rid of him, I think. Um, and that's sort of, you know, it's so team-specific. Uh, if that's it, if you had 25 trades, your head to head player this week coming in, Buller's not playing, you've got Buller, Buller to Walsh against the tits, go for it. Well, he's a sneaky captaincy option, even in that 100%. I can see him turning up this week to be back. Yep, 101 points probably again, like round seven, which is going to be unloopable, but also very captainable. 98. 98. I'll go for that. I'd rather (laughs) that. Let's have a look at the teams. Um, so. Certainly this week, we don't have as many games with the three players out. Um, Dragons versus Warriors is the first one. Uh, funnily enough, Ben Hunt has been named. Where are the Dragons at? Uh, we'll save that chat for another day. I'm talking footy, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, look, do you think Ben Hunt's going to play? I think that's the, the question here. Because without Ben Hunt, no chance. Um, that's... He won't play. 
They've known him, but he won't play. He won't come back from Queensland this week. And he'll use the two, he'll use the two day backup as an excuse, even if he could come out and play two hundred minutes. I I cannot see Ben Hunt playing this week. Yeah, so I mean, I, I tend to agree. And if that happens, you've got the Warriors playing the first game on the Friday night, and and the Warriors are largely unaffected by Origin playing really good footy this year. That screams of like a record score, doesn't it? Except it's at Win Stadium. Yeah, Win Win throws a bit of a spanner. Um, siege mentality maybe might be a bit of a, a spanner. But Sean Johnson. I don't think the Dragons. I don't think Dragons got in them. I think there's nothing but a 20 point win by the Warriors in this one. Yeah. Well, does that mean that you're going to consider the VC on Sean Johnson? I'm 100% VC on Sean Johnson. And yeah, 100%. Especially with the Sharks not playing this week. It's no brainer for me. So I've got Nico. That's me back up half. He'll be just sitting there on the pond watching SJ do his work. He'll probably be at Wynn Stadium sitting there. <laughs> Well, it's watching SJ. It's going to be easier than normal because, <laughs> I mean, normally it's a real bite the nails round where you, you have Hines as your reserve and you don't have the VC or C on him. But this is a yeah, round that you right. can do it. So I like it. Piggle bet. I also like the Warriors at a dollar fifty. A dollar fifty. They should be way jump all over that. that. Yeah, I think they should be about dollar twenty five, dollar twenty. So jump all over that one. But the Eels and the Dolphins is the second one. Um, as someone who doesn't own. Reese Walsh. Gutho is my VC. Uh, I really like Parramatta to do a number on the Dolphins this week. Uh, that's the dilemma I have. Do I VC SJ or do I VC the King? I reckon can see both of them racking up tons. Just which one's bigger? Yeah, and if, the other big thing too is that Mitchell Moses, if he's backing up like he's been named to, um, it does have Ryan Madison on the bench. And again, we talk about this, that's going to scare a lot of people off, but his scoring off the bench is better than what it is when he starts. Maddo scores 65 to 70 off the bench. Just plays straight through the middle and he plays a better role NRL-wise and supercoach-wise. Yeah, the issue for, for here is going to be the fact that uh, Hopgood got his 96 last week, played big minutes, and uh, that's that's going to end this week. Well, they've actually got four middles on the bench with Ogden, Offangawi, Madison and Makatoa. Well, Hopgood's just one of those guys. There's been, I don't think there's been a round all year where there's not a reason to say Hopgood's a sell or his minutes are going to drop, and it just doesn't happen. Something happens, someone falls off a cliff, <laughs> <laughs> someone treads on a bindi before trying, and he just keeps getting it. He's just been kissed on the alpha this season. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, he's like the second highest averaging back rower in the comp. Oh, look, you can't. There's no way you can sell him. Um, but I do think it'll be a, a watch this week on how the minutes work out with uh, a Parramatta full squad. Sean Lane's on the extended squad too. Oh, definitely. You wouldn't. You wouldn't waste the. You wouldn't waste the VC on him. Yeah, I, I think Sean Lane will probably come in this week, um, and that's going to be an interesting watch. But there was a bit of a debate with the Dolphins here, where Tafare, people were looking at him because he's got an an eight break even. He's now named to start at centre. Um, I found it really polarising talking about him this week because, one, I think the heels will do a number on him, but, two, I think that if you don't have very many trades, it's hard to get guys like him in who... You're going to have to trade him in and out, don't you? Yeah, because, I mean, I ha- I got rid of him because I hated having him get named on the bench and stuff with giving me a four-point game. Um, I had to just bite the bullet and get rid of him and just take not much of a profit because I, I didn't want to risk him going onto a bench and scoring four points. And that's the problem with him. If you get him in, there's a chance that he might make you 50,000, but then you've got to get him out 
and it's going to be two trades. I don't know if you can afford to waste or whether it's worth it. So how do you feel about him in this matchup as a buy for a downgrade option for people that are that are having a bit of a look at it? Wouldn't go near him. I'd rather go to Braden McGrady, to be honest. At least he could possibly turn into a nuff. As soon as Brent goes, but he's straight back in. Yeah. And I mean, like one of the things with the forward pack too, because obviously uh, Tafare started at 13 the week before, that they've not only got a full forward pack here, but it's so full that they brought in Josh Kerr from the Dragons, who I think is going to play a good role for them off the bench. And, and that was an immediate swap, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, immediate. And Connolly Lemuelu, who I thought has been really good, and I've really liked seeing him transition as to an edge-back rower, he's been benched. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah, that was odd. Um, you know, they've got Max Plath in 17. I can see Tafare taking that 17 jumper as early as the game after this. And then all of a sudden, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's couldn't go near him. Bit of a trap. Um, but my special for this week, mate, Mike Acevo does not go two weeks not scoring <laughs> tries. He's going to score a double against the Dolphins this week. I'm not even contemplating selling him. That's one. That's one for the pickle bit. I think. Oh, for sure. And I mean, the the Eels can I say are a dollar forty eight on pickle bit, um, which that's probably uh, overs. To be honest, I think there's a specials in this. There's no way they lose this game, surely. <sighs> Oh, I can't see it. I'm actually more scared about this next game. So we've got the Penrith Panthers playing the Knights. And I think the Knights have been playing some pretty good footy. And they do turn up against the Panthers in the last couple of seasons. They've been pretty close games. Well, we had the draw that you mentioned earlier in the year. Um, and that had Cleary in it. Um, and then they end up winning that one in Golden Point on controversial circumstances. Yeah, oh, having a look at this one, I don't actually see any in this one that I'd be looking at a a VC or a C option. I think it's a little bit too scary, but we do have Greg Marju back, which is good. One of the reasons I held him was because I figured he'd be back this week. So I'm sort of glad just to have him and save the trade. Do you see anything in here that um, struck your interest as far as pods or VCs, C options? Nah, not really. I, it, it'll be a good game of footy to watch, but there's nothing... Um, I mean, clear as you stand out, VC, C option, he's not playing. So there's no one else on Penrith that you you want to throw a VC on. Not same like your Pongers, your gay guys, your Marjus, good for 70 odd. Nah, it's not a game where you're going to pick an outside back from the Knights that's going to score 150. Probably your trap alert is going to be Dylan Lucas. A few people looking at him as a cheapie to downgrade. Oh, huge. Fitzgibbon's trap. still down for a head knock. Um, by all accounts, he'll be straight back in the side probably next game. So, yeah. Yeah, they, he will be. I love him. And you probably won't see Dylan but... Dylan Lucas looks like a good player, but you won't, probably won't see much of him more this season. Storm and Eagles, this is a big one. So here's some real C Money and BC man. options in this one. I I already said, you've said too, we don't think that Turbo will probably play. Um, it's hard if he does because if you want him, he's got the minus 43 break even. So you kind of need to get him now because he's going to be too expensive. But this Storm side, I tell you what, I, I own zero Storm. And I'm looking at getting both Munster and Grant in this week because I <laughs> I think it back. can be an absolute car. But um, the Munster, Munster C is always a bit more safer than a VC, isn't it, per se? Because, you know, he can often go sort of that 84, 85, which you're happy with. But He's just so consistent. Mm. He, he, he never punches out. He very rarely punches out a sub 50. Well, on a bad score, he... It's very rare that he'll score like a 40 odd. He's always just, you don't even seem to notice him when he gets towards 60. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just me or not, but I feel like that when he plays manly, 
they're obviously really spicy contests. They've got a bit of a history, but I always feel yeah. like when he plays manly, he runs the ball a lot and he gets he a lot of those offloads and tackle breaks in there. Uh, and this is a 7.30 Saturday night, so it's a pretty good turnaround from the Wednesday night. And best case for Supercoach is that Turbo sits out this game and still has his minus 43, but the following week, that'll be spot on. Mm. I, I'd be pretty worried if I owned any Manly players in this one that I wanted to play. Like, a lot of people are going to have to play Schuster. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to trade him out was because I don't want him anywhere near my 17 this week. So... I think that Munster's a real clear option. Um, a bit of a sneaky one if you wanted a VC. Um, I could see he's him. probably one of the if if he like one of the Origin guns. If you have him out of your side and you're looking to bring him back in for the run home, you don't have him. He would be the one I'd pick before anyone else because he's just so durable. Yeah, and, and you got the matchup this week. But the, the sneaky yep, yep, one yep. that I was going to mention though was a VC. Um, I could see Nick Meany going 100 plus here as a goal kicker. I thought he'd go 100 plus last week. I was hoping and praying that he didn't. And useless you know, outfit. <laughs> uh, I think this is the week for Meany as well um, so I'm pretty worried that I'm not going to own him this week um, but look we talk about the odds on Picklebet on some of those other games the Storm are $1.23 so that's probably about right but you take the handicap on there you know, I'm, I'm, I'd go for it minus 10.5 you get $1.89 oh, I think they're, they're missing they're, they're going 11 plus there $1.89 for sure um, this next game on the Sunday We've got the Broncos and the Titans. Um, they do have the nice turn around the Broncos and Titans. Uh, Reese Walsh, we mentioned as a as a smoky sort of C. It is a game where if ever Kevy's going to rest his Origin players, this would be the one. Because they're in the position where they can do it. They don't need to win this game. Yeah, well, I actually think that they will. If they don't rest them, I think they'll be getting uh, lower minutes. And they do have enough forwards there. Yeah. Like obviously, to to Powell and and Jensen are on the bench there, and uh, but everyone's fit there. You got Hetherington, as you said, to Powell or to Paul or whatever. He says he's, he's and Hetherington's there. They're at full strength, pretty much. So if they're going to ever if ever they're going to rest them. It'll be Malaysia's in Jersey nineteen too. Who can come in pretty easy and play games for them a lot. So yeah, yeah I, I tend to agree. The interesting one here for me in this matchup is uh, going to be the two fullbacks. So Reese Walsh as a potential C option. Um, but also, AJ Brimson has gained a bit of steam. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I think it's because he had <laughs> he had some pretty good showings and uh, I think people are looking at the draw, going, oh, look, he, he could play round 19 versus Dolphins. An important thing to remember, like he did score 94 points on the weekend against uh, on his last game against the Tigers in round 15. But the important thing to remember is that he's 18th man at the moment in origin which means if he stays 18th man, which you'd think he probably would, then he's not going to play round 19. Um, and then if there's an injury, then he's, he's possibly even in the side. Like, say, Reese Walsh gets injured. Pong has already ruled himself out for origin for the series. Brimson ends up the fullback. You know, there's a lot of ways that he doesn't actually play round 19 for you. And he's got a 50s break even anyway. He's cheap, though, per so, and he's a fullback 5'8". So I guess at just over 500K, maybe teams especially that have got a few trades sort of want to take a bit of a punt. To me, it's like living in Dubbo and owning a jet ski. <laughs> it's a luxury you probably don't need. Probably don't need to chase. <laughs> Definitely shouldn't be looking to chase. You know? I mean, he's just likely to come out and score 17 this weekend. There is, a, there is a lot of options that we spoke about too, right? In a position where there are so many options. That's what I mean, like. You want to ride a jet ski down, <laughs> jet ski down the air again, <laughs> Do we reckon that Fafita's going to start? Oh, I think he's going to be benched myself. 
Nah, no chance after the last time. <laughs> I remember some messaging you through it going, I was getting to the point where I don't even even go on the field. No, I didn't either. Um, because that obviously it meant he had a what hundred and eighty odd break even afterwards. I'm I'm predicting a ferocious origin tonight, so um I don't think he starts at all. The Rabbits and the Cowboys. Obviously no Latrell Mitchell still. Um it's gonna be interesting how long he's gonna be out for. Uh, Cody Walker, we talk about guys that don't get a lot of captaincy love. Yeah, Cody Walker in this one versus the Cows could be a huge captaincy option. He has not scored below 60 since round three. So you know that you're not going to get a crap score at a core stadium at home. I I really like him as a, as a captaincy option late in the round that a lot of teams probably won't go for despite him being 25% owned. He's got 130 max score against the Cowboys previously. Barney's right edge is going to carve up the Cowboys' left defence, especially if Holmes doesn't back up. I love it. Um, I'd be all over it if I owned him. I wish I did own him, but I don't. So I'm super scared not having Cody Walker. I'll tell you what, though, $1.36 on Pickle Pet. I reckon they should be a lot shorter than Rabbit's. Um. So that's where that goes into that mouldy with the other one. Just back it up. That's money for jam, isn't it? Oh, if you go like Rabbitohs and Storm and uh, Warriors, you're going to be like two dollars fifty. It's yeah. The last game, Bruce's Raiders. I am shit scared not to own Tedesco <laughs> because I think that he's really going to step up in this one. It is the last too. game of the round, per se. So he's got a good rest. But one of the biggest things with this that we didn't talk about that we should have is Joey Marnie's being brought into teams this week um, at a reasonable rate. Center, <laughs> like seriously, we spoke about this in length last week. Like anyone listen to this show, surely it's not them bringing them in. We both said last week playing at fullback, yes, he'll score well. I'm not wasting a trade on bringing him in because that's probably the last game he plays at fullback all year. It's um, it's pretty scary having him at center because his work rate and everything's going to be right down. There's no way I could bring him in. Hey, he's dog shit center, Pacific coach. That's probably the position he should be playing for NRL. But it's dog shit for Supercar. I'm looking at potentially selling him in round 19. That's where I'm at on, on Joey Manu as a Roosters fan, as a Manu fan. 100%. He, he's, not a, he's, not, um, he's not a keeper at centre wing. No, the, one of the good things is you, if you own him, you could leave him there because from round 20 onwards, the Roosters don't have a week off and they do have a couple of good matchups there. But you, and it would cover you South players if you had Graham and Johnson or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but you, you would not be buying him. Uh, I, I can actually see him going well against Canberra this week. I really can't be. To tell you the truth, I'd buy Tupo before I'd buy Manu at the moment. Great price. But, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a bit of a tough one to see why people are doing it. I will say with... Super coach-wise, Manu's value is at fullback. Not even 5'8", it's fullback. Every time he plays fullback, he kills it. Unless Tedesco breaks a leg tonight, you wouldn't go near Manu. Well, this is the other thing too. Like teams might be saying, oh, maybe Tedesco will be out. Tedesco will have to be injured. They're playing the last game on Sunday and they're struggling to be in the Not eight. where the Roosters are on the ladder. He would have to be, yeah, 100% Tedesco would have to cop a knock or something. To where he just, they, the Roosters cannot afford Tedesco to not be on the field at the moment. Yeah, and Teddy's gone 66, 118, 118 in his last three. He's actually done pretty well. He's been playing on real club level. Uh, 13% ownership. So, look, if you wanted, if somebody wanted a pod, um, oh, I think he's right there for the taking at 13%. Fair thinking. 
Tedesco at 13%. And what price is he? 730000 Well, see you later, Buller. Sorry, mate. Yeah, well, it's a straight swap. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I understand why everyone's winning Gutho. Uh, I would probably put Gutho over Teddy, particularly because of the coverage. I wouldn't put Walsh over him. And, you know, maybe this week Walsh goes better, but, you know, longer term. My side always looks better when it's got Teddy in it. I never like it when it's mm. not. So that's a, I'm, I'm going bullet at Teddy. I'm making that try. Yeah, it's at home for Teddy versus the Raiders as well. And he's got a high score of 132 against him and a pretty good average against him. He's got pretty good history against the Canberra Raiders. So. And the last sort of two or three seasons, the Chooks always seem to come home with a massive wet sail, don't they? Well, they won eight out of nine going into the finals last year, something like that. And yeah, some of the changes that they've made for this round, um, Manu at the centres is a lot better for the team. Sandon Smith mm-hmm. looked pretty good as a seven last week. Is um, Walker still injured? Yeah, he's got another two weeks or so. Um, so yeah, he will come yeah. in straight in for Sandon when that happens. Yeah, and that'll make a massive difference. Um, and they've obviously got um, Tupo back the last couple of weeks, which has helped them as well. You know, I, I do think that the Roosters can do better. Still persisting with Egan on the on the yeah, edge, they've they? got a mountain of edge forwards there and stuff. But this just this shapes up as a real tough game for Canberra because it's not a Geo Stadium and the Roosters are going to be pretty desperate. So in saying that, you know, you've got to be honest. The Roosters haven't been scoring a lot of points. I think it'll be a good game as well to finish around. Should be a cracking game of footy. Pickle bet wise, Roosters are a dollar fifty nine. So I mean, if you're looking for value, you know, there's a huge amount of value in that. You say got some good value this week. Yep, massive value. Bang it up in the multi. That's the go. Well, yeah, I really like some of the multis on there as well. But I tell you what, if you wanted an absolute pod captain and you were chasing, especially head-to-head, because it's one of the things, Perso, that we need to mention. There's a lot of head-to-head players. If you're chasing during the round and you've got to do a Hail Mary, if you've got Teddy as your fullback, or as one of your two fullbacks, you could throw a captaincy on him this week as a Hail Mary. Um, and that's one of the options. Oh, he's one of the safest captains of the week, to be honest. I'm not going to quite go there even as a Teddy apologist, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, but I hope he's not too big. Oh, seriously, I don't think there's a world, unless he cops a bad knock tonight, there's not a world where he doesn't back up. You're making me, making me want to go drink water to Teddy and get him back. <laughs> I think he'll come out and tear camera in your ass, to be honest. Well, they're going to need him to because they need the win, which I think is um, a good spot for the Roosters to be in as far as their scoring goes. And uh, that's the podcast and that's the round per se. So thanks for jumping on board. It's a really interesting round and it's a really interesting time the next few weeks on this uh, this run home for Supercoach. Yeah. Love this time of year. It's good. A lot of time to catch up. If you want to jump on the podcast, download, stream, or even share it, you can jump on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. We're definitely everywhere. You can also follow on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. If you want to get on some of those juicy odds that we were talking about for Picklebet, make sure when you sign up, you use the affiliate referral code of All Stars, or one word, just All Stars, and they'll take great care of you as one of our listeners. Good luck in origin tonight for both sides of the border. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it's a cracker, which I'm sure it will be, and good luck with Supercoach this week. Can't wait to chat about it all again real soon. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid.